Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on Zencaster on this trade deadline day 2022 is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, I think we can all agree that the biggest trade to go down at this year's trade deadline was a monumental one that nobody really saw coming. It was uh, Travis Hamanick being <laughs> sent to the Ottawa Senators for a third round pick that still has people scratching their heads. Now, obviously, there's a, a million trades that will go over. The Islanders didn't make any of them, but they did make two signings that, uh, quite honestly, um, we all could have seen coming a mile away and, quite frankly, don't really make me mad that, that much. We'll talk about them. Yeah, um, I, I think the 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 big thing this year, um, if you were listening to like pre-trade deadline stuff, uh, whether in 32 Thoughts or whatever, everyone was like, oh, you know, what's going to be the Mantha for Verona trade? Because mm. apparently every year there's a trade nobody sees coming that's made, except that trade was made last year. So <laughs> if if there was if that trade happens every year, why are we why would we only start calling it the, the Mantha mm. for Verona trade? <laughs> um, but I want to say like there's always a trade that is just so weird. Um, mm. And th- this year was the the Hamannick trade for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's it's it's the um, the type of trade that if the Senators do it. Everyone is confused and kind of angry on behalf of the senators or senators fans are mad. If, you know, Lou did it, obviously people would want him mm. to be canceled or something like because he, he did something like that. Or, but if, the, if Kyle Dubas did it, 
he he's playing 3D checkers and and there's some some strange salary cap loophole he's about to pull off but uh <laughs> he yeah it was that was incredibly strange to see uh and and I I someone on, I can't remember which which stupid show I was watching where they were like oh I'm waiting to see I, when I saw the trade and it was involved the third rounder I assumed the the senators were paying the third rounder I mean right. the Canucks to to take the tri- the the cap space or you know the the cap hit off the books but it turned out the other way around and you know what Dan, there's one person in that senator's front office that I knew when when I saw the trade happen. I was like, I know Pierre Maguire went into that to Pierre Dorian's office and said, "Do you know who Travis Hammond is? Did you ever see him play for the Brandon Wheat Kings back in the day? Boy, I gotta tell you, this guy." And uh, and that's how that trade probably went down. I think I think you're right, but I will say that I also think that when Pierre Maguire walked into Pierre Dorian's office, he was accompanied by a large man from Cranston, Rhode Island, who was like, I've had this guy <laughs> and let me tell you something. He's a, he's a quality warrior, you know? So like, I think that's probably what happened, but yeah, no, that was my thing too. Uh, and I promise we won't spend this hour talking about Travis Hamannick being traded to the senators. But like my thought was that too, like, wait, I don't think Pierre Dorian gets this whole like sort of cap space, you know, uh, exchange sort of program thing here. Normally you're the one who's getting the draft pick in addition to the cap mule guy, because you're doing the other team a favor, basically, but he did the Canucks two favors. He took them their their uh, giant cat mule and also gave them a third round pick uh, in addition. But uh, you know, it was it was actually a pretty exciting trade deadline overall. Although you wouldn't really know it from watching the trade deadline uh, festivities on TSN and Sportsnet. We'll talk about them in the second half. Um, but a lot a lot of stuff went down, and apparently a lot of stuff is still going down. There were like thirty some odd trades still in the hopper at Central Registry uh, when the uh, clock struck three. But uh, none of them are going to involve the Islanders, so we're free to talk about them all we want because they didn't make any trades. And again, we you could have seen this coming. And, you know, we sat here a week ago and said, I can't see them making any trades at all. And, you know, we don't say that because we're like, you know, plugged in insiders or we have some sort of like psychic link or anything or we know anything. But it's just if you have been paying attention to what these guys have been saying this whole time, this really should not have been a great shock to you. And you know, people can be mad, they can be happy, they can be anywhere in between. But the one thing I think people can't be is surprised because these guys, from the GM to the coach to the players, they all seem to agree that this season just wasn't for them. They've all seen things in their careers that are crazy, and this season sort of topped them all. They have every, everything that could have gone wrong has, and we've talked about it ad nauseum, the road trip, the two covid outbreaks the the injuries the pauses that just you know the, the, they would be playing good and then they have to stop and then it just it never got on track and i really do truly believe that these guys feel that this is an outlier that this is a one year sort of blip on the radar and making some kind of drastic trade or or moving somebody off the roster isn't going to help them make the playoffs this year and it could potentially damage them for later on. So they took the extremely conservative route should not be a surprise to anybody, but they did decide to bring back two guys that are on the older side. And again, shouldn't be surprised. They got extended Cal Clutterbuck and Zach Parisi. We don't know the parameters of Parisi yet, but Clutterbuck two years, 1.75 million per year. Um, I think, I've said before, I thought he was going to get 1.5 a year, but 1.75 is close enough. <laughs> and it's basically half of what he's been making for the last couple of years. And that'll bring him right up to when Matt Martin's contract is over too. And Sezikis has three more years on there. So 
to me, I, this means that that line's going to be together for at least two more seasons, and then they'll retire together <laughs> and be lifted to the rafters as a unit together uh, or something. But uh, you know, again, I, I'm I'm not mad about Clutterbuck coming back for half the price. He's going to be older. He's 35, right? He's going to be 37. But like, this isn't a surprise. He's been actually pretty good this year. When he's healthy, he play. He's pretty good. Um, and this is the first year in a long time that he's been fully healthy. And Parisi coming back is just the best. Like I can't, <laughs> we can't even, we're not going to hide it. Like we love Zach. We've loved having him here and I'm glad he's going to be around for, it's only one more year, but I feel like he's going to do like sort of one year at a time type of deals. I bet he yeah. signs another one next year too. Yeah. Um, so I think the way you look at Clutterbuck and uh, is that at 1.75 for the next two years, you're you're basically asking him to do at what he's doing this season, or even like a little bit less. Like and and what he's doing this season is he's been a great defensive forward, uh, chipped in six goals I think, and um, he and I think he can still fulfill that role next year and then you know we worry about two years from now next summer basically it's not a big deal and um for if you think about what you could have got for parisi clutterbuck chara green uh, i don't want us to talk about varlamov yet but like if you talk <laughs> about those four or mayfield if you talk about those four guys you're looking at you know seconds at the at the ceiling maybe first clutterbuck because the prices i think for a lot of players were uh a little high but um uh, you know tyler mott from Vancouver got a fourth round pick. So it was more likely than not that it would have been around there. And what would you rather have a fourth round pick in 2023 and 2024 that you're never going to <laughs> hear about again until you know, you're going to get excited about them in, in on draft day. And then you'll never think about them again. Um, can you remember a fourth round pick from you know, outside of guys who've actually made it? Like, can you remember most of them? No, because they have like a 5% chance of becoming Kyle Clutterbuck, even what he is going to be next year. So if you were going to trade any of them, you basically had to do all of them because it made no sense for the Islanders right. unless these players asked to be traded, which it sounded like they didn't. No, in uh, fact, Lamorello was adamant or at least forthcoming saying that Green and Chara asked not to be traded specifically. Which is uh, great. They didn't want to be rentals for somebody else. And and also it, it that what that does is it shows you that when the Islanders are going after free agents, let's say the next Zach Parisi in three years, mm. let's say let's say Claude Giroux, for example, mm. this summer. Claude Giroux, he's, you know, someone, someone's like the Islanders are talking to him. He's not going to want to be uprooted again. He's going to sign like a Joe Pavelski kind of deal like he did with the Stars a couple years ago. Um, and he's going to know that he's not signing with the Vegas Golden Knights where he can be shown the door <laughs> very ruthlessly. Like with right. Lou, it's it's a very different thing. And and that stuff goes does go a long way, I think. Uh, I mean, we, we, we On Weird Islanders, we talked about Brian Ralston coming to the Islanders and uh, I think we, when we were talking about with uh, once with, with Arthur Staple on, on this, this, this show, he was talking about Ralston and, and like Mark Eaton and stuff and how when snow was in charge and the Islanders were kind of a mess, they were signing those kind of players who, who don't like their name didn't really carry weight. I think with the rest of the league or like what they were saying, their word, I guess um, when you're looking at Chara and, and, and Zach Parisi, like, that stuff I think does matter. I think we're, we've learned that now these past few years that these guys have been treated the way that they they've earned through their thousand plus games in the NHL. Um, and that Lou does that. And like, even with Clutterbuck, like he showed this loyalty. I think that pays off um, in, in these kind of situations. And, and, but like what I was saying was that if you were going to trade those guys, you, you would have to do them all to, yeah. to, because 
it, it made no sense to to take a lottery ticket on a fourth round pick for one of them. Uh, but if you take, you know, traded all of them and you've got four or five lottery tickets, then, you know, it starts to make a little bit more sense. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, like you, I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon about both, <laughs> both of them coming back on from a fan level, right? Like, like it would have, it would have really sucked to see Cal Clutterbuck uh, wear a different Jersey again. Uh, and it, maybe he does at the end of this, this contract that the Islanders are bad, which mm. um, we hope is not the case, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it would have really sucked. And, and I think it would have, it would have, kind of changed the whole identity of the team you know no pun intended with that line and i think that it does give them a little flexibility on the bottom six with with both of these guys coming back for next year because clutterbuck you know the role he's going to play um parisi can play up and down the lineup he's shown to be effective honestly anywhere he's been good on the penalty kill he's been up and down the lineup offensively he can play power play minutes he's he's actually been just if you've been most of the league doesn't contain potentially Islanders. And this year we can definitely not blame people for that. Like <laughs> last year was a little weird because they were one of four teams left and still nobody was talking about them. Um, but uh, per, if you've been paying attention and you read the comments on the you know signings or whatever, everyone's Islander fans are like, this is great because he's, <laughs> he's an effective player. Um, but like with Clutterbuck with, 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 I think next year will probably be it. Uh, for, for for Matt Martin, I wouldn't be surprised if M- Matt Martin and like Ross Johnston and somebody else, almost yeah. maybe even Richard Panic, like split the 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 duties on that line. Um, but I'm at one point seven five. Like it's not that big a deal if if Clutterbuck also, you know, the the four of those three or four of those players kind of divvy up the the role uh, that Cal and and Matt have been playing for a decade. Yeah, I think um, I think they'll they'll be open to to the odd game off too. I mean, we've seen Martin get sat for, for Johnston this year. Um, by the way, uh, Molly Walker reporting on Twitter that uh, Parisi's new deal is the same as the one he signed uh, originally with the Islanders in October. Okay. So one and a half yeah, so million. You- Again, like you can't really argue that. <laughs> like yeah. it's, you know, for what you get from this guy for that money, like that's good. I mean, at one point, I don't know for some reason, Islanders fans think that 1.5 million is a lot of money. It's really not when you think about it what these guys could be making. Um, and, you know, I think he's been effective. Uh, you know, again, Clutterbuck has had a, a pretty good season. It took a while for Sezikis to to kind of get back up to where he is, although my man needs to stop taking penalties. To, Casey, what is going on out there? I don't know. This is, this is a weird coincidence or whatever. You know, Martin uh, has been slower, noticeably slower this season. I think he's probably not 100% healthy either. But, you know, our, our friend Kerry Haber brought up a good point on Twitter also, and that's like, even if you trade these guys, you got to fill their spots in the lineup. And the Islanders simply don't have the prospects to do that. And like you said, I mean, what are they even going to get? Now, when we talk about the other trades around the league, some guys are getting a lot more. You know, Travis Hamanick somehow cost the Ottawa Senators a third-round pick. Meanwhile, uh, other guys are costing like a fourth or seventh or sixth. You know, And so basically these guys are worth whatever the other team thinks they're worth and is, and is willing to, to take from them. Um, but there's just too many spots to fill in the lineup. Now th- they are going to need to upgrade at some point. We, we can assume Char is not going to be here next year for sure. I think we can assume green probably also won't be here next year. He's already 38. I, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> you know, I have a, I, I think green might be back. Honestly, I mean, he might be like one of those sort of September, 
signings, you know, yeah. like yeah. just before he, he wants to like talk with his family, make sure his body's right. okay, that kind of thing. And I, I maybe he'll play, you know, be like the seventh guy or something like that. But yeah, even he, if he he's comes playing back, the role that we kind of envisioned for him this year, which right, like like right. he'll truly do it. Yeah, uh, that's that's my thinking. Yeah. Uh, uh, I could see that, you know, but, but even if he does, like he'll, he won't, he'll make the minimum, probably right. another one and a half million. Exactly. So you're talking about three guys that are going to be making a combined five and a half million dollars a year, you know, which isn't really well, four and a half, which isn't really that bad, all things considered. And again, they're effective players. Like, you know, what's funny about green. I was actually just real quick on him. I, I think it was the, the through the Island podcast. I think it was them who said, you know, the funny, and I never thought of it this way. You know, what's funny about Andy green is like, he never has a bad game. No. Like, <laughs> there's never been a game you're like, oh man, Green that's, was that's, brutal out there. That, that's why I, I don't. He's not. He's not noticeable in the best way. Right. That's why. And he's. And that's why I don't mind the fact that we're talking about the fact that he might come back. Yeah. This, it's it's not a scary thing. Like, oh man, like is Scar Snow going to bring Brian straight back and expect him to <laughs> you know to him right. to play the same role again? If Andy Green plays 50 games for the Islanders between like 50 and 65 games for the Islanders next season, it's not going to be a disaster. Because yeah. he's he, it's his game is almost impossible to be a disaster because right. he plays so safe um, and he's yeah. so good at just relieving pressure in in calamitous situations. Yeah. So it's it's I mean, would, we'd, we'd we'd all love to see this defense and we'll talk about it I guess mm. in a little bit. But like we they do need to upgrade and, and they need to upgrade on on Andy Green what Andy Green's playing for them now. But yeah. if Andy Green comes in and plays the Sebastian Aho role, <laughs> it's not a big deal. Well, I'm glad you brought up Sebastian Ajo because he will now be an unrestricted free agent next year because he did not play the required amount of games to make him a restricted free agent. So, you know, I, I could see him coming back. We, we joked about Michael Duck Cole a few weeks ago and how somehow he keeps resigning, even though he barely plays. For that. We still have no idea where he is. Michael, if you're out there, we hope you're OK. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that's another option there, too. Obviously, Robin Sallow went back to Bridgeport and, uh, you know, might be an option next year, but they are going to need to upgrade. And, and that. That second lefty spot is still up for grabs. And I haven't listened to it all the way yet, but I mean, I've caught snippets of whatever people were saying on Twitter, but Lou, Lou Lamorello acknowledges basically that they're going to need to make a hockey trade. They're going to need to, you know, straight up acquire somebody via trade because their prospect pipeline is not that great. And they, you know, the internal options are very well known. Uh, Travis Yost, who uh, everybody knows from Twitter, he put out a, a chart. I'd never seen anything like this before. I talk about like roster turnover and the senators are way at the top. Like they have had way more players than anybody else uh, in in the lineup uh, over the course of the last five years. It just it's like a revolving door of players. Meanwhile, way on the other end, ahead of only Seattle, who've only existed for one year, are the Islanders. Like just in, they never move players. It's the same group. Over and over and over again. And that's why it's always funny to me when people see an Islander and they're like, who? Dude, dude this team has been together for 10 years. Like, how could you not know these guys by now? Just by accident. Like, I don't even I think know. I, I think I tweeted at Eric Hornick once or, or Brock <laughs> Nelson. If, if um, not Brock Nelson. Uh, or Arthur Staple. Uh, if if the Islanders had collectively as a group played the most games together um, coming into surprised. the season. And yeah, <laughs> and, and I think that, I guess that chart says, yeah. And, and But I think that, you know, we sports sports are supposed to be romantic and they're supposed to be fun and like you're supposed to be emotionally attached to the team you're rooting for mm. um and part of the, the beauty of this team is we, we're we're incredibly attached to them because they've been here for so long and they've all been together for so long and like we know that these guys are all really tight 
off the ice and are going to each other's you know, christenings or whatever they have <laughs> over the weekend and stuff like that. Like this is, it's, it's, it's different. It's, it is a, uh, you know, it, it's not, we're not rooting for, uh, you know, the, the golden Knights, for example, and, and I know they're an expansion team, so it's a little different to, to begin with, but you know, they're bringing, they're, they're churning people and bringing in, uh, you know, Nate Schmidt's out, Alex Petrangelo's in, mm. uh, Mark Stone's in, uh, Evgeny Tadanov is in and then out in like six months. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's different. It, it, it's, and it's, and it's nice to be, to, to, to root for these guys. Cause it, it, it would feel weird if the Islanders do bounce back next season. And like, we, we were hoping like hell they do. And Cal Clutterbuck is playing for the Colorado avalanche. You know, it's, it's, that's, that's why uh, this, this group is, it, it you need to treat them differently um, from, from a fan perspective, I guess, from, and to, against a uh, analysis uh, perspective. Sure. Does does the analysis say you should probably cash in on thirty five year old free agents at the trade deadline, especially if people are overpaying? Yeah, mm. but when you think about it from an emotional level, which is what we're doing because we're fans, yeah, I is it worth it? Is it worth getting a, a third or second round conditional second round pick for Cal Clutterbuck to on the chance that he's gonna you know never play another game for the Islanders and 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 if they are truly gonna run it back next year, not having him? No, it's not, and and that I think that. Uh, you know, more, I think more and more people on the fan side are starting to realize that. And I think that the fact that the Islanders don't get talked about a lot is because these people who, who are paid to cover the league and, and be um, cold and, and have no emotional attachment, they just can't compute it. Right. Well, these are the people that you know don't understand why teams don't just trade everybody all the time. But then, you know, when Joe Thornton or Wayne Simmons or Jason Spezza signs with the Leafs, they start crying buckets of tears because they're so happy that this hometown guy has come to fulfill his destiny with the Leafs. You know, like the the emotional attachment for them is different than it is for us. Like we we have no, this is the same people that make fun of Coyotes fans. They're always like, oh, what are there four of them? There are Coyotes fans. There are Panthers fans. There are Stars fans. And like just because they don't turn out when the team is bad doesn't mean that they're not there. They do. They're there and they care. So that's why. You know, you can't just be like, "Well, just move the move the damn team to Houston or whatever." Like, it doesn't work that way. Um, but yeah, it's there is an emotional attachment, and there is. I mean, again, if you haven't been paying attention to what Zach Breesy in particular has done this year, I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> he's been one of the most consistent guys in the in on the team, and again, he's a little bit representative of the rest of the team in that he's he's done so many things well. He just hasn't scored any goals, and you know, now he's got a bunch of what he's got like five or six now, I think. Um, and, you know, that didn't happen for a long time. And Lou Lamarello has said a lot of their players just, you know, weren't there, particularly the offensive players weren't quite at the level that they expected them to be this year. But the big thing we've always all talked about, the one, probably the best thing about this year has been the um, emergence of Noah Dobson. So that, that changes things for next year too. Um, one thing though, about Varlamov, you, you brought him up before and I don't want to forget him. Um, Lamarello said that there was interest in him. I believe that. He does have five million left next year on his contract, and I promise you that whatever teams Lamarella was talking to, they wanted the Islanders to pick up half of that freight. <laughs> I promise <laughs> you that. And Lamarello probably laughed in their face or hung up the phone or something like that because that's not going to happen, basically. So that that limited the amount of people that he could be traded to. And the Leafs, <laughs> uh, they tried to sneak a, a goalie Harry Sateri from Finland through <laughs> waivers by signing him. Well, the Coyotes had other plans. They picked him up. 
uh, a little <laughs> foreshadowing to the episode of uh, Weird Islanders that's going to come out in a couple of days. But uh, we all know about that that sort of thing. And uh, and they also put Peter Morazic on waivers. He probably won't play for the Marley selection playing for them, but I'm sure he's thrilled to be playing for the team that put him on waivers a week ago. Um, so, you know, maybe they were the ones that were talking to Varlamov. But the thing is, and and our friend Carrie Haber talked about it. I think I, might, I started to talk about this before, but um, this is their their window to win is right now with this group that has been together for five years or 10 years or whatever it is. And moving a lot of these pieces just would open up more holes. Right. And, you know, for, for like it or not, this is the team that is either going to win or lose. And they're going to, they have to make changes. There, there's no way around it. This is going to be summer stuff, maybe at the draft, but this is the team like those rooting for like a rebuild, oh, trade all these guys, trade Bailey, trade Nelson, trade DeBose. No, they're not going to do that. Like they're just not going to do that right now. They're going to play these guys until the wheels come off. <laughs> and then when they do, they'll see what they can do at that point. And hopefully there are some other, more prospects in there, but that's it. So, you know, trading Varlamov again for you no know, pick or prospect, just going to leave you with another big hole. And it's going to chip away at that window that is right now. And this is the team right now. So, yep. You better get used to it. <laughs> yeah, and um, like there are holes, there are holes on the team already, right? So, so that's the thing. Like, you you don't want to compound a situation just because one season that I think everyone can agree. You know, it, the Islanders haven't played particularly well, but there are, are obviously extenuating circumstances um, that also played a part in that. So, if you, I mean, if you think about next year's team, uh, you you have basically i would say like 14 of or 15 players that are, are locks for the opening day roster as long as you know everyone's healthy and and you know it's barzell nelson pesho and Sezikis down the middle then you have the the kind of glut of uh, secondary scorers with palmary parisi lee wallstrom now clutterbuck on the fourth line and then and then like because he did allude to a hockey trade i think that there's probably going to be some questions on on whether bailey beauvillier Bellows will be on the team next year. There's definitely going to be some talk about Scott Mayfield, but I don't think if he didn't trade him now, he, he wouldn't trade him in the off season because anyway. uh, you know, like, like we are saying, you don't want to create a hole. So then you have four, likely four of your six defensemen set. And, and three of those four are number one caliber defensemen. Mm. Um, and then with, with Sorokin, you have your number one. Why I guess it, it made no sense unless the Islanders were going to trade, like I said, trade everybody mm. to trade Varlamov if you're going to go back at it. Because you think I always say like this, like instead of looking at the cap hit for one goalie, you want to look at the combined cap hit of your two goalies for the Islanders. And so that's nine million next year for Sorokin and Varlamov, who are uh, in, in, as far as tandems go, one of the best in the league on paper. Uh, as, and if Varlamov is, is healthy to start the season, maybe things are a little different. Um, and you know, what, why, why not do what this team is supposed to do and build it from the back with a strong, uh, goaltending tandem who, and, and people will say like, oh, having a $5 million backup is, is, is a luxury. And then I would say it's true when you look at it in a vacuum, but when you put him and Sorokin together, $9 million for a tandem that should be among the league's best if not the best like they they are they've been in terms of like save percentage uh and, and goal saved above expected they've they've been really good as a tandem so why not just look at it as all right we're paying nine million f- for a very very secure goaltending situation uh and, and as as the rangers have shown us 
this season and and basically every year with Hank Lundquist, right. uh, that masks a lot of flaws on your team. And the Islanders, are, no matter what, are going to be a flawed team next year because they're going to need to fill in holes uh, in uh, next, you know, next to Matt Barzell. They're going to need to probably get another second, you know, middle six guy. Um, and they'll hopefully, like I was saying before, between, you know, Johnston, Martin, Panic, and I guess you can even throw Parisi in here, like that fourth line left wing next to Sezikis, like you, you're not going to see Matt Martin for 82 games. So you, you want to upgrade there. So there's, there's so many sp- spots to, uh, that the Islanders will need to upgrade in that. Why make another one by mm. shipping Simeon Varlamov out, saving $2 million because you're going to need to sign a goalie. Like you I don't know, just first one comes to my mind, Cam Talbot. Mm. Um, is it worth it? No, it's, I don't think so. I think, uh, you, you just, you, you stick your, you keep your positions of strength. Uh, and then figure out the rest, hopefully in the summer. And uh, with, uh, with, you know, the Bailey, Beauvillier, Bellows kind of group, it's uh, that's, that's probably where I think somebody m- might move. I mean, Bo- uh, Bellows is a restricted free agent. Can't really see him uh, getting yeah. much more than what he's making. If he comes back, which I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't. And then, you know, then you're looking at Bailey and Beauvillier, uh, which it could see, which, which would be sad, but. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, one of those deals would be a hockey trade. So let's say they trade, you know, Beauvillier, I'm just saying for, you know, that, that, that defenseman that is good, you know, or like, you know, fill in that spot, then, then you get it. And then, you know, hopefully they can find somebody to fill that role. But, you know, they got 20 odd games or whatever to, to see what they have in Bellows and Wallstrom, really, who's still playing with Barzell on the top line. Uh, we'll, We'll actually recap the games that they played this week <laughs> at some point later on in the show. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully that they can create some chemistry there. Um, but again, the, the vast majority of this team is locked in and they are, the, they are the team going forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, event last next year is Varlamov's last year, you know, depending on how he's playing, I can see him resigning again for some kind of lower amount of money. So, you know, I, I think that people kind of got themselves worked up into a frenzy over deals that, Really, we're never going to happen. And this is not, again, this is not a surprise to anybody. If you've been listening to what these guys have been talking about, they they fully believe in this team <laughs> going forward and that this season is just an unbelievable outlier. And uh, they're going to run it back next year for the most part. Obviously, there are going to be changes. But yep. I don't think they're going to be that big changes. So in the words of the late, great Randy Macho Man Savage, you don't have to like it, but you have to accept it. <laughs> yeah. And they, that's it. Yeah. So. And uh, yeah. it's 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 like compared to where the Islanders were in in so many trade deadline or then right. into the off seasons. This is as good as a situation as they've been in. You know, maybe, I think you can say maybe last year was a little bit better. Um, I mean, but, they're really not that many pieces away from being yeah. right back to where they were before. You yeah, know? I mean, they're, they're, you, you, you look at the goals, right? Like, I think they're minus four goal differential, and the mm. Capitals, who have the last playoff spot, are plus 28. So you look at it from that way. The Islanders are 30 goals away from uh, being a, a – we're are 30 goals right now away from being a contender. And so you just got to find those goals, whether it means preventing them or mm. or you know, scoring them. And I think we can all agree for this team was it was scoring them, um, finding those goals. So you 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 get whether it's one or two guys in to infuse some life back into the offense, uh, you're going to be fine because as as Brock Nelson and, and Anders Lee have and Kyle Palmieri have shown us, they they still have plenty to give uh, in terms of scoring, uh, and 
and once again, barring anything crazy, like you'd expect them to be back and close to that level again. And uh, the defense in a, in a, in a normal year uh, should be fine. So it's, uh, it's, it's really, there's no reason to be panic. I think everyone who, you know, <laughs> trade deadline gets built up so much. So you get just a little disappointed when you see that tweet that says like, Oh, Islanders are done. And especially when they haven't done anything. And I think you were the one who's saying that they were the only team in the league that didn't make yeah. a, a single move today. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah it kind of sucks because it's, it's exciting to be around that. But um, you know, hopefully this time of year next year, we're, we're the shoes on the other foot. Yeah, there is a there is a bit of a feeling of like you're at a party and and nobody's talking to you. But yeah, I forgot to I was going to lead off the show with that. They were the only team that did not make a single trade. It was them and the Devils for a long time and Blue Jackets. But then the Devils acquired uh, Andrew Hammond uh, and the Blue Jackets traded Max Domi. Yep. And so uh, I think we'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about the other moves around the NHL. Uh, some of which uh, helped the Islanders. Um, division mates which really sucks and just makes their job that much harder <laughs> for next year uh but uh there are, there's a lot going on and uh this will not be a, a complete or comprehensive rundown but uh come back on the other side and uh, we'll talk about those thanks i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And now a word from our sponsors. First is always VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get t-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor t-shirt, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Check out VintageIceHockey.com today. They're constantly adding new shirts and hats and stuff, and they're great. Uh, Betway is the official betting partner of the NHL. Play Big Pick for free anywhere in the U.S. or play for real. Residents in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Idaho, and Iowa only. Click the link in the podcast description to join. Must be 21 or over. Terms and conditions apply. Try wines from the Pinot Project. Delicious Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio, and Rosé, all under $15 a bottle. Available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Please play and drink responsibly. Uh, so like I said before, there is a ton of trades. I don't know the exact number, but seem to be a lot. Uh, you know, in this environment, every trade seems like a big trade, but we won't really know what was a big trade until after the season is over and you know who, who actually shows up for their team when it counts and so on and so forth. Uh, I saw a stat before that of the players traded at the deadline, only 26 have, have won cups. And the last was, I think Blake Coleman in 2020. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how this goes for people. I don't know if that really says anything, but uh, there was a lot. And l- let's just talk about the Metro real quick, because this is where a lot of, a lot of players got sent to. And a lot of the Islanders uh, rivals got stronger. The Rangers picked up Andrew Kopp. Uh, from the Jets, they picked up Tyler Mott from Vancouver. Both of them are pretty strong 
defensive forwards, you know, bottom six guys, um, everybody in at TSN and Sportsnet love both of them, but I think that's probably just because they play for Canadian teams and they watch them a million times. They also picked up Nick Merkley from the Sharks. I don't know what that means. Shipped out Anthony Potato. They didn't really give up a whole lot, but they got two two bottom six guys that, you know, as far as I know, uh, they really could have used. The Penguins just before the uh, break picked up Ricard Raquel for Zach Aston Reese, some prospects, whatever, a bunch of dudes uh, and, and picks. Uh, that's a big one for them. You know, playing next to Crosby is going to make Raquel even better than he already is, which is really irritating. Uh, the Flyers shipped out Claude Giroux in a very emotional uh, scene. He's a Florida Panther now. It's really weird. They got uh, Owen Tippett back, who looks a little bit like Gritty uh, if he had shaved his face. <laughs> we got this big red mop of hair. Uh, Flyers fans are not happy about it. They got some picks or whatever thrown in there, too. Um, who else? The Caps picked up uh, a couple of defensive guys. They got... Um, uh, Andres Johansson back. Uh, no, uh, sorry, no, no, not Andres. Moja. Yeah, uh, right. Marcus Johansson. Yeah. <laughs> they got him back from Seattle. Um, they got uh, another guy. Um, they picked up uh, another defensive guy whose name I can't remember now. Uh, another center. They picked up. Oh, sorry. The Rangers also got Ryan Braun from the Flyers as well. Um, and uh, who else? What? Who else am I forgetting now? The the Hurricanes picked up Max Domi. Um, I'm blanking on the other teams now. I guess the, the Blue Jackets are more or less done. The Devils didn't really do much. And uh, yeah, so, you know, the Raquel thing is irritating, but I guess he's a UFA. So, you know, there's no guarantee he stays with Pittsburgh, but let's be honest, he's going to stay with Pittsburgh. And of course, the Rangers bolstering their, their you know, weaknesses is hugely annoying, um, but we'll have to see how that goes for them because they're very still reliant on Igor Shesterkin. Um, But yeah, they're they're pretty good and pretty scary. <laughs> and uh, I think, you know, it, the funny thing about the Metro playoffs, and I'm not the first person to say this, like you could see any one of those teams winning or losing a series to the other. one. Like there's really yeah. no handicapping the, those four teams together because they could go either way, really. The uh, the Penguins thing didn't bother me as much because I've I, over the past few months, I've morphed my uh, allegiance into being a pro Penguins guy because uh, – <laughs> they're on a collision course with the Rangers, it seems. And <laughs> it's, it's going to be a weird couple of weeks. Cause you think about last spring, the Islanders played the Penguins, Bruins and lightning. Uh, mm. And you obviously learn to hate those teams when you're in a playoff series. And now you got to turn around and think, well, the lightning look like they're on a collision course with the Leafs and the Penguins look like they're on a collision course with the Rangers and, and the Bruins might even play the Leafs in the first round or, you know, second, whatever, but, or they might end up playing the Rangers if they end up in the Metro. But, um, the point is that when I saw the Rangers make those moves, I was like, shit, the, the, come on, come on, Berkey, you got to go get someone. So when the Raquel trade came in, I was, I was actually kind of happy uh, to, mm. to, that they, they got some more scoring depth to go get, get go at Igor. But <laughs> yeah, then like you said, he's probably going to get extended and then he'll, he'll turn into Brian Rust next year because <laughs> Brian Rust is a free agent. And uh, you know, that's just kind of what peng- the Penguins do. Um mm. The, the thing, yeah, like the, the the thing is, like I was, I was not too upset with the rest of the division because there was no Jacob Chitrin Chitrin mm. landing with the Rangers or any anybody like that who's going to affect the Islanders in uh, going forward after this season uh, in in a bad way. I guess Raquel, but we'll we'll see where that ends up. But uh, the yeah, the important thing was that the Penguins kind of match the Rangers I think and and those like I said those two teams are gonna 
probably battle it out. And, and you know, if Rich, Ricard, Ricard Raquel scores the uh, you know big goal against the Rangers to knock him out, I'll, I'll be the first one to go buy his jersey uh, <laughs> or jersey shirt with his uh, uh, name on it because we that, that's it. Like the this the season can truly become a nightmare if if New York or Toronto make a run. And and the I'm I know the Rangers are so flawed, but when you have a goaltender like Shesterkin, it's in the way he's playing, it's 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 almost like a minor miracle every time you score against him. And it's going to be like those Lundqvist years where they're going to, because of him, they're going to win two games a series. Mm. Uh, and if they win one uh, by playing well, then you're looking at already three. So it's going to, you know, these coin flips mm. where the Derek Stepan game seven goal is playing over and over in my head against the Capitals. <laughs> and, and um, you know, they, they're, it's scary that they can be significantly outplayed. They, they gave up 90 something shot attempts to the hurricanes last night. And one, and one with Alex ones, yeah. Georgiev in goal. Right. So it's like this team, they they have a horseshoe up their, their ass that just happens sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the Metro deals, the Domi one's going to be annoying because I, I you know that with the Hurricanes, what they do is they, because they have a tough time getting free agents, they go get guys like that and then get them in and sign them to extensions. And mm. with that team, and he'll be even more annoying. <laughs> you know, talk about a jerk, like an actual literal right. jerk. And <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The, the hurricanes are interesting to me is that they're literally trying to become like just the least likable team. <laughs> yeah. But, they, but uh, like at the same time, people are like, well, like that, they're so yeah. cute. Like, no, they're not. They, they got a bunch of, seems like they just got like, like getting a bunch of pricks and, <laughs> and <laughs> um, um, Johan Larson, by the way, was the guy I couldn't remember before he got traded from the coyotes to the caps. Right. Another yeah. kind of Defensive forward type he used to be with Buffalo. Um, so yeah, the caps really just kind of picked around the margins a little bit. The Rangers, you know, Address the need, and the Penguins just went for the guy who's going to score goals in the playoffs. Basically, and, and the Rangers were connected to him, which yes. that was part of the reason I was so thrilled with Raquel not going to going to Pittsburgh. Which means he, not only did he not go to the Rangers, but he went to the team that will likely be playing them. Yeah, um, and you know, Braun. Uh, people who watch the Flyers think that he's he's been pretty good this season, um, but I don't know what you know what, how the Rangers are going to utilize him. I don't know. He doesn't really move the needle all that much to me. Um, one guy who I saw connected to the Rangers, and thank God he didn't go there because that would have been hard to watch, was Nick Letty. He got traded to the Blues uh, <laughs> from the Red Wings. So uh, we'll see how that goes. That was actually, I'm surprised. Like the, the Red Wings actually got like players from Oscar Sundquist, used to be with the, the Penguins, Jake Wallman, uh, who was a you know, defenseman for them playing. So I was kind of surprised. Yeah, that was a weird one with the return. I just assumed it was going to be a yeah, fourth you know, round pick. Second round pick. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, good and, for him. That, that, he, I mean, yeah. he, he's. He's gonna be. He's a, his numbers aren't aren't good on a Detroit team that are ba- that's bad, and that's why my favorite thing is after these trades, three different accounts tweet out their charts. They're like, <laughs> "Oh, I don't know if you should be trading for Nick Letty." Hmm. Say what you want about the guy; he can skate and he can move the puck, and he can run a second power play unit. And he's not going to. Um, he's not going to make. You, I don't think he's going to make you worse. So no, no he, definitely and, not. And, and I could uh, see him staying there too. Like just yeah. Feeding the puck to Tarasenko and O'Reilly and just letting them go to work, basically. So, um, also in the Central, Mark Andre Fleury is no longer a Blackhawk. He is now a Minnesota Wild, and it's hard to kind of wrap your brain around that. I saw a tweet that was like, in a short time with the Blackhawks, Fleury became one of the most popular players for the team ever. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, I don't think so. I think people liked him. He's a likable guy, but. I don't see any Blackhawks fans being all that broken up. <laughs> He's not there. He probably deserved a little bit better. Uh, it's weird to me that somebody would get traded to the wild as a way to win the Stanley cup, but 
they're pretty good this year. And, you know, now with Flurry, so they, they had a surplus in goalies. They kept Cam Talbot, who I guess is a UFA at the end of the year. And they traded Capo Kakinen to the Sharks, uh, who have been in desperate need for a goalie ever since, um, you know, Evgeny Nabokov was there, I guess. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that's, that's a weird one. Uh, we'll have to see how that works out and for the, the wild. The best part about that trade is that the Leafs were in on Flurry and yeah, Kyle Davidson. Ooh. <laughs> can't believe you do such a thing right yeah i guess he, leaked uh, it yeah kyle dubas was not was not was upset that kyle davidson leaked that uh flurry was uh you know the, the leafs were looking at him and uh, we might get some kyle on kyle violence at some point uh the leafs of course were in on everybody because they're the leafs and that's just how it works um but they came away with just uh mark giordano who they got from the Kraken, who's now going to be a trivia question answer, who was the first captain of the Kraken and then got traded uh, towards the end of the season. It was Mark Giordano. Uh, you know, it's funny. He, he only won the Norris two years ago. And now if you talk, people are like, oh, yeah, he's not what he used to be. Well, huh, I don't know if he's going to be any good. But as many people have pointed out, he's not a goalie. And that's where the Leafs are have, going to have problems. So, um, you know, they'll get Jake Muzzin back, I guess, at some point. I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if anybody can really – say that the Leafs are better now than they were. Obviously, Giordano is a little bit better than whoever else they were playing. But it was funny to me. We'll, we'll, we'll go in on the TSN and Sportsnet panels in a little bit. But it was funny to me that they were asking – the part I saw the TSN panel, they asked a bunch of them for their Stanley Cup picks, and not a one of them picked the Leafs. Like, Jeff O'Neill kind of gave a half-hearted, yeah, I can kind of see them maybe, you know, out of the top – out of his top five. Maybe they were like, you know, top six slash somebody else. And so that kind of surprised me particularly after the Giordano uh, pickup. I thought people were going to be like, this is great. This is exactly who they need. But nah, it didn't really seem to move the needle all that much uh, for them. And, uh, you know, the pressure's on. So if they yeah. screwed up, well, at least Giordano can leave. <laughs> like He can just get the hell out of there. And it was like it never happened. Everybody else is stuck there. Yeah, as always, I have a lot to, to say about the Leafs. And they, <laughs> um, there was a lot going on that I was cracking up about. The, the Giordano thing was annoying because I think he's effective in his role, whatever. Yeah. But he had a no trade clause and basically came like kind of like Claude Giroux uh, mm. said that he he's not going to go anywhere except for Toronto. And Giroux said that about Florida, which um, I guess mitigated the return. And uh, the so yeah, that's annoying because he he does you know he'll make the mm. the defense a little bit better. But the important thing is that they didn't get better in goal and <laughs> they try. They tried, like you said off earlier. So they yeah, they signed Harry Sateri from the KHL. Uh, he won, just won a gold medal in Finland. They signed him, but he's got to go through waivers, and the Coyotes pick him up. And but but the my favorite part about this whole situation was that th- there was never uh, outside of Gino Reda, Rita or whatever <laughs> how you pronounce his name on TSN. Um, nobody in hockey Twitter spheres. Has has really gone in on the fact that the Leafs signed Peter Mrazek to a three year, three and a half million AAV uh, to play with Jack Campbell. They waive him because he's been terrible this season, and obviously Campbell has was started really hot, played then was terrible, one of the worst goalies in the league since Christmas. Now he's hurt, <laughs> a guy who hadn't played a full NHL season in his career, and everyone thought it was going to be. A, a surefire Vezina pick a couple months ago um, that 
nobody's saying, mm, yeah, maybe he got this one wrong uh, <laughs> because he he then goes ahead and picks, tries to pick this guy up on waivers uh, or uh, sign this free agent and then who has to go through waivers, not thinking that, yeah, uh, not only does every other team get a chance at him, but a lot of those teams are go- going to be competing with you. Uh, hmm like that you're ahead of why wouldn't the the capitals if he got to the capitals be like you know what we got two goalies one of them has been all right lately in banachek samsonov obviously hasn't been great one you know what this is going to cost us 750 to, to sign this guy like of course the bruins uh like people can use a third goalie and keep him on the roster and it makes sure that your position doesn't get there and then dubas had the gall to uh say that the leafs have waived 11 players this season and over half of them or have had half of them get picked up <laughs> and that no other team has come close to that. And as if we're supposed to say, oh, you know what? You're right. Like we need to mm. let's let's create a different set of rules here. So the Leafs can can no waivers for them or what. I don't know what he was trying to get at, but it's <laughs> it really does show you that the, 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 the Lou Lamarillo kind of, oh, I'm not going to say anything about mm. anybody. I, I'm, I'm going to talk to you, but I'm not going to say anything way is a, is a, is just so different from everyone else so you got dubas complaining about the, the blackhawks gm and then he's mm. complaining about his players getting picked up on waivers as if it's like a a, t- a feather in his cap like oh i'm so good at finding mm. talent that other teams always pick my guys up like no that just means you can't manage your roster really that well <laughs> and your roster now is going into the playoffs and knock on wood that you know it all falls apart for them with jack campbell who's hurt and now peter Morazic, who's been waived Right. He, who, not only has he been like dragged through the mud in Toronto for the past month and a half, he's now he was put on waivers. You sign somebody else, and now he's going to be your guy with mm. with Campbell because and well, he's going to have to play a lot because Campbell's hurt. It's mm. um, but none nothing comes down on him. Like there's no maybe you know maybe here's a here's a thousand word athletic article about uh, Dubis. Whereas i was listening to the daily face-off podcast for some reason mm. <laughs> uh yesterday because i was just you know getting into the trade deadline stuff i'd already listened to 32 thoughts and i was like all right i'll just listen to this one while i'm walking the dog and they they they, they talked about devon taves when the islanders like yeah man you know who the islanders are really missing this year devon taves he wasn't here last year right. and the islanders are still getting you know lou lou and we we all know there was a mistake and whatever but they're still getting shtick about that uh now after two conference final runs and you know, nobody, nobody is going to outside of the Gino Retta on TSN is no good. Nobody's going to be like, uh, I think Kyle Dubas is making some mistakes here. Can we, uh, maybe throw some criticism his way? I'll gladly do it on a, on a show that is not about the Leafs, but <laughs> nobody Dude, I was, I've heard Di Pietro jokes as recently as like two or three years ago. <laughs> the 15 year contract, like it's never going to be. And like the whole, like, Oh, you know, they could use Devontae is like, that joke was old the minute it was it was made the first time, and it's like we get it. And and again, if you go back and listen to like things Lamarello said, he didn't want to make that trade either. Like they but, know and, they're not. And even dumb. think about the Senators. Like if if Pierre right. Dorian did this whole song and dance with the goaltenders for the Senators, yeah. What what is hockey Twitter doing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, they that that Hamannick deal was hilarious. Like they they raked him over the coals for it. You know, like, and it's because it didn't make any sense and they're still doing it <laughs> today, 48 hours later. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, there's definitely, there's definitely a different set of standards. And, you know, like I, I love the, you, you, you sent it to me the other day, like the graphic of, of like the sit down with Kyle Dubas. saying like, he's got like this, these like perfect pictures. It's almost like they have them in every year for like a photo shoot, you know, so they can put these pictures up. And I don't remember 
you know, any other Leafs GM getting this kind of <laughs> uh, it's, it's attention. So although, you know, now Brian Burke uh, gets that kind of attention because he's like the only guy with a personality in this sport. But uh, let, let's get to a few more trades. So we'll, in the Atlantic still, uh, the Bruins, uh, they picked up Hampus Lindholm, who a lot of people were looking at from the Ducks, and then signed him to an eight-year extension. And of course, everybody's like, oh, he's already 28. He's going to be 36. Yeah, but he's pretty good. And they got him for six and a half a year, which – is actually pretty darn good. And, you know, especially when you combine him with Charlie McAvoy and Matt Grizzlick, like Bruins defense is back to being pretty scary. And, you know, up front, eh, they might have a few questions. Taylor Hall still kind of isn't Taylor Hall all the way, but they're going to be pretty good. And, you know, he wanted to sign there and, and good for him. So that was a cool trade. Uh, the Lightning, they just do what they do, man. They pick Nick Paul doesn't want to sign with the Senators. They can't come to an agreement. I don't know what the, what the holdup was. I don't know if he was really making that much, but – they traded him to the Lightning, and they got Matthew Joseph back, who's an okay player, kind of similar to Nick Paul, but you know that he was a guy who you had that guy, and you could have just signed him. Um, but he's already, but Joseph is already signed. I think that's the big difference there. And then they uh, also went and picked up uh, Brandon Hagel from the Blackhawks uh, in, a, in a big trade there. And you know Julian Brisebois said like we would rather have a guy who's an established young player and pay a lot for him, pay a first round pick for him. Then pick a guy, and maybe he turns into that at some point. Their their window to win is right now, literally speaking, right now, as it has been the last two years. And that was a pretty good deal on their part. And uh, just goes to show you, they don't they don't ask for permission; they just do it. And every mm-hmm. time every time the Lightning trade for somebody, they're like they have no cap space. How are they going to do this? They don't care. They get the guy, and they'll figure it out later. And you know that is that is an aggressive way to do it. And they're good, and it works. And you know we talk about hiding mistakes when you've got Vasilevsky, Kucherov, Point, Stamkos, Hedman. You can do that because their team is just so damn good on the ice. You can pull that off. You know, the Islanders are on the other end of that spectrum as ultra conservative in their moves. And, you know, that kind of works a little bit for them too. But I mean, for the Lightning, you can't argue that their aggressiveness is just, it's unbelievable, really. And it's really, really admirable. <laughs> like they don't, they're not waiting around. They're just going to go out and get a guy. And whenever there's a player that's available, they are in on it, and yet they're already the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. That, that's that's pretty awesome, to be honest with you. Yeah, and and like like I was saying with the Penguins, happy happy to happy to welcome Brandon Hagel and uh, Nick Paul <laughs> to Tampa Bay, and for their right. big first round matchup with the Leafs. And, and, <laughs> and if it, if they do catch Florida, then I'm very happy to welcome Claude Giroux to Florida for their first round <laughs> matchup with yeah. the Leafs. Um, it's 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 fun to watch, but like same thing. Like once again, like. The, the way that these uh, general managers are treated is hilarious because uh, I think Breezebaugh has been just a, a dynamo. He, yeah. he, he's been able to maneuver the around so many different things uh, to get this team within with a good chance now for three cups in a row uh, through, you know, a pandemic and a cap cap crunch, whatever. Um, and he, yeah, he, he does catch like some hype and love but it's like if you you would have think you would have thought like the what he's doing is uh something that you it's he, he what what i should say is like he he deserves the love that kyle dubas gets i guess it's like because because <laughs> the things that people think like kyle dubas is doing like where he's playing 3d checkers by signing somebody from the khl like no 3d checkers would be tr- going to trade for Brandon Hagel at one and a half million for this year and next year because your team is against the cap and then clearing out somehow clearing out enough space to then get Nick Paul in and all of a sudden people are like oh 
you know, who's going to be the, the Blake Coleman and Barclay Goodrow of this trade deadline. Mm. That's all you heard about. And then yeah. every, nobody, assume, everyone assumed that it would be, uh, you know, the, the Rangers or, or Penguins, someone getting them. And then it, it was just the lightning doing it all over again, yeah. getting with Hagel and Paul. So um, they now have a great third line for, for another cup run behind an incredible top six and in front of a great defense. And that defense is in front of the best goalie in the world. So, uh, yeah, you just kind of like tip your cap to them. And and I was saying to my friend before, I was on the phone right after the deadline that, you know, kind of rooting for them almost in a way to, to win another one, because mm-hmm. it would just be so sweet if, if the Islanders are able to get another crack at the lightning and be the ones that stop them from forfeiting. Um, oh, let's, it, uh, <laughs> let's slow down a little. It's just like, but in my head, like, that's what I was thinking. Cause like right. in, in terms of like the Eastern conference, do I want to see, you know, obviously don't want to see Toronto and I don't want to see Pittsburgh uh, and I don't want to see the Rangers doing it, but like we need Pittsburgh to, to take care of business. We need Tampa to take care of business already in the second round. And then, you know, it's, it's, I, I honestly, it's, my, my, my hatred for the lightning isn't, mm. isn't like the other teams, those, those, those Rangers, Leafs and Penguins. So it's like a path of least resistance and it's, it would set up nicely for, for a story like that. But uh, when, when they're not playing the lightning, I don't really hate the light. It's when they play the lightning yeah. that I really hate the lightning. Right. But uh, when they're not, they're they're okay. Like, I don't yeah. mind them too much. Um, but yeah, let's let's three is fine. Let's let's just stop there. Though. We don't want to get too crazy now. Um, over in the Pacific, where we barely pay any attention uh, to any games at all and any teams at all, um, Travis Dermott went from the Leafs to the to the Canucks. Uh, the Canucks held on to JT Miller, which is. Pretty impressive too. We already talked about Hamannick getting traded from the Canucks to the Senators. Um, who else here? Uh, we got a couple of trades actually happened earlier. Um, the Ducks just traded off everybody. They also sent Nick Delorier to the Wild, who's kind of a, a big goonie type. And the Flames, um, they picked up Yar- Callie Yarncroft, uh, who is a guy who's you know he doesn't have like a big name or anything, but uh, he fits right in with them. Uh, oh, and the the Ducks also traded Josh Manson to the Avalanche, making another good team stronger. So. You talk about teams on a collision course. I mean, I feel like the Flames and Avalanche are, I mean, just can we just pencil them in for the Western Conference Final at this point? Because it looks like, on paper, those two teams are both really, really, really good. And, you know, they're, they're, they're not the same team. I think the Avalanche are a little weaker in the goaltending department, um, but, you know, have, I think, maybe a little bit more of a better defense. The Flames are pretty dynamic up front. Uh, whereas the Avs are a little bit more balanced up front. Um, and they're both really, really good. And if I decide to watch the playoffs this year, and to be honest, that's probably that's really up in the air right now. I don't know if I have it in me. I, much like the Islanders, I feel like I'm kind of a little bit spent after the last three years. Uh, I think I might want to watch just the Flames because <laughs> they're a fun team to watch. Uh, they got those great jerseys. It's not surprising to me that the Flames are having a really good season when they finally switch back to their good jerseys <laughs> after 30 years in the wilderness with all kinds of terrible terrible jerseys when they had a perfect one right there sitting in their face um but uh that's a really good team and picking up yarn who uh is the cousin is a cousin of elias lindholm who was already on the, on yeah. the flame so that's kind of a fun yeah. thing uh and, you know they're, they're really really good i don't know if you know people talk about them a lot particularly the canadian broadcasters but here in this country i don't think we've really we've really reconciled with how good that calgary team really is and and i mean they were good before but boy this year they're they're really something else yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a big Flames fan this year. Before um, you know, the season started, uh, and I was handicapping it. I looked just around the league looking for a couple long shots, and I landed on Calgary at forty five to one. And then 
bet Daryl Sutter everywhere I could to win the Jack Adams <laughs> at 50 to one. So I'm, I'm a really big, big Calgary fan going in, uh, into the playoffs. Um, I, and I, and I have the receipts of course. Mm. So I, 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 uh, <laughs> There you go. In my big season preview for Action Network, I talked about them and the Blues and the, the Stars uh, being. I was very wrong about the Penguins, but uh, <laughs> very, very, very wrong about the Penguins. But um, yeah, I mean, the, I think the the Pacific is is going to be funny because of you know, the Calgary comes in, they, they're going to win the division. Uh, they're going to play whoever, for, probably from the Central, who, who gets that last spot. Uh, I mean, who gets the better? wild card spot and we might have colorado and vegas in the first round oh. which would be terrific like because for kind of in the way the hurricanes with the hurricanes the the media love for the the, the avalanche and just like the anointing of, of them being the stanley cup champion has, has made me like really dislike like them a little bit <laughs> yeah a little bit um and and it would be great to see them get upset in the first round, and then you you get all the people talking about how the playoffs shouldn't really be what the system we determine the best team and and whatever, and they lose their mind about how the game changes and the referees are changed and <laughs> the rule book changes. They should and- let teams pick their their opponents. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. Yeah. yeah okay. Sure. Oh, another eighty-two game regular season. It doesn't mean anything because the the Leafs goaltender didn't play well, and and that's not even part yeah. of the team. Or you know, it's it's just this. The playoffs are the best part of the sport. <laughs> That's, we love it because it's our, it's look, the Islanders aren't even going to be in it because it's, and people think it's easy to get there. It's not, it's not easy to get in. Um, and now that they, you get, they're going to get in and yeah, if they have Vegas waiting for them in round one, it'll be um, just hilarious to see them go out. Uh, you know, well, Vegas, we, we need to get there first. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like there's no guarantee of that. Uh, they traded of getting dad to the ducks uh they're just kind of all over the place i mean we have no idea what's going to happen with them uh and uh yeah i mean I, to be honest uh like you said before i mean they they've gained this reputation now of being a bit of a mercenary outfit and i, I don't think anybody would be really broken up outside of vegas, vegas fans obviously to, to see them miss the playoffs i think it'd be kind of there'd be a, a good hearty laugh had by <laughs> all <laughs> if vegas were to miss oh, the playoffs and we also got to mention in the pacific Big game brass. Yes, I knew I was forgetting somebody. Derek Brassard uh, getting traded from the Flyers to the Oilers for some small pittance, and Oilers writers are like, "He Pete, he's a good defensive forward, and he PKs." And all these Oilers fans being like, uh, "He's played exactly one minute of uh, penalty killing this season, so I don't know where you're getting that from." But uh, either way, good luck to him. Actually, the Oilers picked up um, uh, Brett Kulak from the Canadians. Also, and uh, that's actually a pretty good move. He's pretty solid, and uh, it was a, there was a bit of a collective shock out there. Like the Oilers did something good. Well, how about that? But again, much like the Leafs, did not address their goaltending, so they're going to have to go into the playoffs with Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. And uh, good luck with that. Is all I'm going to say. Uh, so we don't know how that's going to work. But um, yeah, I think we covered most of them. I'm sure we forgot a lot. Um, the Coyotes were very busy. Trading a bunch of dudes. Scott Wedgwood went to Dallas. They they acquired this guy Jack McBain from the Coyotes, who wasn't going to sign with them. Uh, NCAA uh, player. So we'll see how that how, how that goes. Good luck, you know, playing in, in front. I guess it's funny to go from the NCAA to playing <laughs> in the Arizona State uh, next year. Uh, so uh, you know, there's there's that. But I mean, it was a pretty busy day for everybody but the Islanders. And again, I, I'm not surprised as we talked about at length in the beginning. Um, but there was a lot going on and there was a bit of a feeling of kind of being left out, but 
you know, some of these teams are going to regret some of these moves. Like there was a lot of picks going elsewhere, second rounders, first rounders, a lot of, you know, prospect movement and stuff like that. And you know that at least some of these teams are going to be like, man, we gave up what for that guy? Oh, come on. And he didn't do anything or he got hurt or what it. So uh, we won't know how these all work out right now. Everybody looks like a blockbuster. Everybody looks like they made out. All right. Everybody's patting each other on the back. But at some point, some of these guys are going to be pretty pissed off that they made that decision in that rash moment. And, uh, you know, we'll see how, you know, again, like Brian Burke says, only one team can win a Stanley Cup. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's uh, maybe it's somebody that made a big move today. Maybe it's somebody that didn't, but, uh, but we'll have to see. But speaking of Brian Burke, so let's, let's real quick talk about the, uh, the TSN and Sportsnet, uh, trade deadline shows. I did watch a little bit of TSN's, uh, trade center today. It's actually funny. The first year I have ESPN plus, and of course I was not home. To watch all this stuff, my wife and I had to go to a car dealership. Our lease is up. It's a whole thing. I don't even want to talk about it. But uh, uh, I didn't watch much of it. What I did watch, though, I'm glad I watched because I saw my favorite thing ever that these guys do all this every year. And I tweeted this out before, but they always put out a, a graphic of the droughts of Canadian teams winning the Stanley Cup. And uh, there's they're in one now since 1993. Obviously, they haven't won one. So it's like 27 years or whatever. But there's they always mention their four-year gap between 1980 and 1983. And nobody knows what happened in this gap. The history books have not recorded how no Canadian teams won the Stanley <laughs> Cup in this four-year, just this one four-year stretch, 1980-83. Nobody knows. It's like the Bermuda Triangle. The Stanley Cup goes in and it doesn't come out again until 1984. I don't know how this happened. Nobody knows. But it's always sitting right there, and it always makes me smile to know that nobody can understand how that four-year gap where the Canadian team didn't win the Stanley Cup happened. And maybe one day we'll find out, but this is not that year. We'll just have to let the mystery continue <laughs> for one more year. Uh, other than that, I didn't really see much. Again, they made their picks. A lot of people picked the Avalanche and so on and so forth. I did see a little bit of Bob McKenzie. It's always good to see him at these things. Um, you watched that and you watched the Sportsnet thing and you watched the ESPN thing, right? Like you were kind of yeah, jumping I, around. I, well, no, I watched TSN. I watch. I try to watch Trade Center every year and, um, I started the, the year that Ryan Smith was traded and, um, kind of just, <laughs> it's, it's really weird to, to know like all their, their sticks and kind of air of time fillers. Cause they're always the same, like that right. it's only once a year they do this, but you remember them all somehow. And, um, <laughs> they were doing them, but then yeah, 12 o'clock, James Duthie said, uh, by the way, like if you're a U.S. viewer, we, we, we bid you farewell. We're going to hand you over to the ESPN crew now, which is John Bucigras. So I couldn't find the sports net stream quick enough. And, um, but right before, the, the disappointing thing was this year, usually like, and I know that Twitter's changed things because you find the trades on Twitter first, but mm. instead of the trade breakers, which was just, yeah. it, the, the NHL needs to do something where, you know, these, these guys are just not allowed to, to, to say anything and uh, they have to let the trade breakers do their job, but um, on TV, because it was always so dramatic because um, you'd go <laughs> like an hour without a deal and all of a sudden right. James Duffy would say, well, well, we got a deal and he'd pass it to Gord Miller and then Gord Miller would then pass it off to <laughs> Bobby, Bobby, uh, Margarita or, um, Darren Drager, who still hasn't unblocked me on Twitter, but, um, <laughs> yeah. And then they would say, yeah, you know, we got a big one. Jamal Mayers. He's going, he's going from you know Toronto to St. Louis. And we're uh, hearing Dominic Moore has been traded yeah. for a second round pick again. <laughs> <laughs> and, but it was so exciting. And, uh, but this year, uh, you know, uh, he was watching TSN and they were interviewing Brian Burke and, um, a couple of trades had went down and James Duthie didn't even quit cut away from the Burke interview to, to 
ask who's got traded and then (laughs) um i flip over to sportsnet and who is the first you know guest they have on but brian burke and he's doing the same exact shtick with david amber and those guys that he did with the tsn guys two same jokes the same they're only giving out one stanley cup and uh you know they ask oh do you do you miss us berkey and he said he just goes no um on both broadcasts and how nobody these they're you know people aren't talking to one another from these two rival canadian Mm. media conglomerates is hilarious to me but uh yeah i mean they were both atrocious to watch but that's part of the reason you watch them and um they they really do drive home the point that um these the sense of humor among nhl insiders is the low bar i mean you you can't even you can't get lower than than (laughs) what this is because um yeah, it's it's like watching you know SNL. You know, like mm. you're like this this stuff isn't funny. It's who, who's laughing at this stuff now? And um, it's it's pretty impressive actually because like they have Paul Bissonnette who he you know he said the word like stack or chip or chirp or you know lettuce and oh, that got some hearty har hars from the from the group. <laughs> when um, I watched, uh, Duffy was laughing because he got some guy to do some kind of goofy thing during his intro, and everybody else played it completely straight. So it was like a, a gag on this one guy for it was Ryan Rashog of Edmonton. Like he made Rashog do this like sort of mic juggling thing. So he would be look kind of like a goofball while everybody else was just played straight. Like they just kind of said their name and smiled. And uh, Duffy thought this was the funniest thing, the funniest prank anybody had ever played on anybody. And I was just like, I mean, okay, this poor guy is up. He was in Denver and it's on at 9 a.m. here. So it's it's probably what, like 4 or 5 a.m. Denver time. He's freezing. They're making fun of him for wearing gloves. And now he finds that he's been pranked. Like, dude, just give the guy a break. I don't understand who's who finds this funny. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's just, There's only one group of people that do it. It's themselves. Right. <laughs> like, you know, Chris, Chris Johnston was on the trade breaker bench for, for TSN. And I can't imagine that how happy he was. And I was, I was hoping that the guys uh, were, were hazing him a little bit because mm. I think his first year on that bench. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it goes to that when we talk about a lot, like that, that what the perception of these guys having like these crazy personalities is just so overblown because you <laughs> mic up I and mean, Joe Fowerby was mic'd up yesterday for the Islander flyer game. And they were like, Oh, we, we got to hear what Joe Fowerby said during that goal. It was probably great. And he just like, was like, nice pass. <laughs> like, oh, that's so great like the way i love listening to what these guys yeah. have to say to one another on the bench it's just like yeah like that's it yeah well thanks joel really appreciate that skate hard skate hard yeah <laughs> yeah that's good boys that's good let's get them okay that why why bother like the, him wearing the mic is harder than than any of these quotes <laughs> like it, it warrant it's unbelievable um but yeah it, it was the same kind of thing I, I on one hand i wish i had seen more of it but on the other hand in talking to you, I'm glad I did because yeah. it didn't seem like it was really all that that exciting. And and again, if you're on Twitter, like Kevin Weeks, this has been if the the one thing that we could all agree on at this trade deadline was that Kevin Weeks was a star. He kept making these these announcements on Twitter from different places, the control room, the street, the hallway. One he did with a bucket on his head. Uh, I don't know where he was getting his information from, but he won. He won the trade deadline, yeah. so uh, that was pretty interesting. But yeah, the Gino Reddit thing—I'll put a, a link there because he, yeah, he lost. He was—he's the only one who 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 was like, "What the hell is Kyle Dubas doing?" <laughs> and uh, no, right. yeah, everyone, and 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 then uh, Jamie McLennan and Martin Buran that spent the next you know couple minutes being like, "Well, he's he's, gonna, he's saying his guys are Campbell and Morazic. He just mm. waved Morazic." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think they they were 
kind of scrambling. They hadn't seen Mad Gino uh, <laughs> behind the desk, but uh, yeah, that was that was probably the only other entertaining thing. But uh, so speaking of uh, the Islanders Flyers game that had a mic'd up Joel Farabee and uh, an Islanders Washington game that had a mic'd up uh, Alex Ovechkin, let's just talk real real quick about uh, the last few games the Islanders played which uh, were pretty good until Sunday when they lost a very boring 2-1 game to the Flyers. Even by Islander standards, this game was was pretty boring. Uh, but uh, before that, they had played pretty well. They lost a shootout 4-3 to the Caps. Uh, Ovechkin uh, tied, he, beat, he passed Yarmir Yager with goal six, 767. It was an embarrassing goal off a wrist shot. But uh, I thought they played pretty well in that game, and uh, Lee ended up tying it in front uh, off a rebound from Noah Dobson. He, he's been really, really good lately. Uh, deflating end, but we thought they. I thought they played pretty well. They played really well in a game against the Rangers, which most people said was one of the better games they played this year, more in, most entertaining games they played. And they won that 2-1. Uh, Kyle Palmieri won that with a whack-in uh, with about two and a half to go past Shesterkin. Sorokin made 29 saves. He was fantastic. Uh, they followed that. Now, normally, if you're old enough, you remember the Ranger hangover. Uh, they Whenever they beat the Rangers, they would always end up getting shit on the next game. This Those days are over. They actually came out and played really, really well against Dallas um, and won that one 4-2. Varlamov was fantastic. You know, the, the Stars, the writer I read for the Stars seemed a little bit puzzled by how the, the Stars lost that game because they played well, too. But that's the Islanders, man. Sometimes it's just not enough and they they end up winning and uh brock nelson had a uh, hat trick in that game with an empty netter and that was cool to see too and then again last uh, sunday they lost 2-1 in philly um it was a back-to-back but it was back-to-back for the flyers too who had lost in ottawa the night before trot said they just didn't have the juice uh it's not much of a, an excuse but uh He's not wrong. Uh, they didn't. Uh, Kevin Hayes scored twice, once off, and Sebastian Ajo, but turnover uh, right in front of the Islanders' net, and then the second one on a power play, both sort of on the back door. So Rokin was great. He just hey, couldn't do anything about those two goals. Um, and now this week uh, coming up, the Islanders have four ga- another four games uh, through Sunday. Uh, they play the Senators on Tuesday, the day you're most likely listening to this. They play the Red Wings on Thursday, and then they play the Bruins and Lightning on back-to-back afternoon games Saturday and Sunday. Um, if they didn't have the juice against the flyers on a back-to-back, I can't imagine how much juice they're going to have against the lightning on a back-to-back. Uh, the game against the lightning is at least home and the game against the Bruins is uh, uh, in Boston. That's 1230 on Saturday and then two o'clock at UBS on Sunday. Um, you know, the senators right now are a husk of whatever they were. I'm sure they're, they're kind of be reeling a little bit. Um, they can probably also beat the Red Wings. The Islanders would like to show have a good show against the Red Wings for once this season. That'd be nice. But, I mean, at this point, it's all about kind of getting their game back and, and showing that they can go forward with this group. And as we talked about at length in the beginning of the show, this is the team. And, you know, this year wasn't their year. Uh, a lot of things went wrong. But this is going to be, for the most part, the group going forward. And so they need to figure out if this year was indeed just an aberration and where they need to fix it, because they are going to need to fix stuff. It's just going to be in the off season. And so uh, games like this and games against bad teams and good teams are going to illustrate that and what they need to do going forward and where they need help. But you now don't expect any, any big changes. Don't expect any big call-ups from Bridgeport or anything, although they'll get a few because their season's going to end soon too. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not really looking forward to these two 
these two weekend games. <laughs> I don't know, you know, as much as I, this season has just been enough already, I, I don't, also don't want to see them get their asses handed to them by the Bruins and Lightning again. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it, it, the games themselves. The results at this point kind of don't matter, but the uh, the the process, I guess, does. And um, it's just, it's going to be the same thing. You know, you want to see you know, Oliver Wallstrom take a step forward at some point for the last quarter of the year, and you want to see Sorokin's playing really, really well. Um, mm, yeah. You know, Dobson continuing um, playing well. You guys like Beauvillier. and everything. Lamarillo and his quote kind of like put like a little bit of a message out to couple of the you know Beauvilliers, Bailey's, um, you know, even Wallstroms of the world. Like you know, these these guys, you think he said like our goal scorers kind of underwhelmed or um so you, you see how those guys kinda play and um yeah at some point I'm sure that guys like uh Pellick and Pollock or uh you know Mayfield if they start getting banged up a little bit will will sit down and, and that's when you'll see some of the uh you know Samuel Bullduke maybe or mm. uh you know, Sal will come back or wh- however, uh, however they want to manage the, the workload for, for those kind of players. But um, yeah, I mean, you, who knows? Who, who, but what, what we do know is that it's, it's going to be mostly these, gr- this group of guys and it's going to be funny. The last few games of the season, when we get there with um, green and char for, for, you know, likelihood <laughs> kind of skating out their careers and meaningless games for the New York Islanders, which is going to be interesting, <laughs> but um, yeah. um, we'll get to that eventually. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, we'll see what, what these guys uh, do. And, and I do think that like this, this season now is turned into just one big preseason for next year, which we'll talk about a lot is their 50th anniversary. So, uh, yeah, I want to come back with, with a bang. Yeah, definitely. Uh, more, even more incentive to, uh, to wash away the stink of this season <laughs> is for that 50th anniversary. But we'll talk a lot about more about that later. The one thing I definitely want to see in these games, like I guess like I think you said, like the scores don't, don't matter so much as the process. I want to see that process include less turnovers because again, they played okay against the caps, but every turnover ended up being a prime scoring chance kind of same against the flyers. It didn't really work out that way. So I'm sure Barry is going to be talking to them about knocking that shit off ASAP uh, and going forward. Uh, that's it for now. Wow. This was another supersized episode. We'll get back to normal sized episodes, I guess, later now that this, this, uh, little period of the season is over. And now everything's all about the playoffs coming up. Uh, we are going to have a new episode of weird Islanders coming out Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning. So keep an eye open for that. We recorded it Sunday. It's great. Uh, the guest was great. The Islander of choice is even greater. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. Check that out. Read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. A lot of lively discussion there today. Uh, hope it all went well. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, keep keep looking back. We're not going anywhere. So uh, we'll be here throughout the rest of the season and beyond. Uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter? The Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Read his work at Action Network. Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be pretty busy there now with a lot of odds being shuffled around a lot of new places and faces are you doing any like preview stuff or you know kind of roundups or things like that yeah we'll we'll have some stuff on uh the teams and then obviously on the playoff start it, it ramps up even more uh, you, you you won't you're gonna be shocked by this stand but not that many people bet on the nhl what yeah can you imagine that's wrong i mean you could have made a lot of money betting on the Islanders these last couple of years. Yeah. So I don't know why more people aren't doing that. But read the Action Network and you can get some tips there from from uh, experts like Mike. And uh, we'll be back again next week after this uh, next slate of games. So thanks for listening and we will talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye.